The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 
slapping, slapping it. You were slapping it. So when your son was off with his mom and you were home alone, you were slapping it. That's what you're saying. <laughs> it's exactly it's correct, right. man. Whatever, whatever you metaphor you want to call it, but you know, it's kind of weird. You bring up the podcast. Anything else that's happened for you this week? Um, I don't believe so. No pets. Died, Nothing so else. Good. Nothing else. <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> but now I'm excited to have that bass guitar. I'm excited about it. Hell yeah. I've been talking about it for a while and I finally, yeah, I finally pulled the trigger on it. So bass is a lot of fun, man. I love it. It's a, yeah. I'm still learning it. Obviously. I mean, I play guitar Well, you and I both play guitar for years um, since high school. And, mm-hmm. but like learning bass, like I got dabbled in bass growing up, but not much, but I bought a bass years ago, but I didn't really seriously start picking it up till I don't know, the past couple of years, but but it's fun. There's a lot of techniques I'm still trying to learn, but it's a good time. Well, you, you probably know, you know, probably just as good as my wife does that I, when it comes to music, I tend to be very ADD. Okay. You know what I mean? Like how many times in your life have you heard me listen to a complete song in the car? <laughs> oh, well, like your music is very eclectic. It is, but I'm always switching the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured so, that's just because I'm in the car because it's like, no, Ooh, let I'm me like show that. you this song. No, oh, I'm like let me show all you the time, song. even when I'm by myself, you know, having the switch on the controls is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, <laughs> and I'm like that with instruments, too, because I have like, you know, I have like a piano and I have like three ukuleles and I have, you know, two acoustic guitars and two electric guitars. And now I have a bass guitar and um, yeah. I have a, what's called a melodica. And I just I like different kinds of instruments because I. I get bored playing the same instrument for too long. So I'll, I'll switch constantly to other oh, instruments. For sure. For sure. Like I have guitars, acoustic, a bass. Um, I have yeah. an electric drum kit. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that, well, I've I got do a have a keyboard. Pad. I have a I don't keyboard. Have a full drum. I don't have a full drum kit, but I got a practice kit. Yeah. I have a, um, a digital piano and I have a keyboard. I have yeah. a lot of instruments in the house and surprisingly nobody else in the house plays any instruments but me. So girl, same, <laughs> like I can't have the kids. They have zero interest in no, it. None at all. Although <laughs> I was watching some videos, um, on the bass guitar. Uh, my bass guitar hasn't come in yet, but I was watching some videos on it and my daughter comes out of her room and she says, Hey, what are you watching? So she starts watching it with me and she didn't know I had bought a bass. And so I told her, I was like, yeah. Hey, I, uh, I sort of kind of bought one of those and she goes, really? I was like, yeah. So we're sitting there side by side watching and she goes like kind of quiet under her breath. She goes, I kind of want to do it. I'm like, you kind of want to do what? She goes, play bass guitar. I was like, well, get your own. No, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> no, I was like, well, I mean, I'm hundred percent for it. Like if you want to try it, 100% we can try it. I said, no, what's cool about it. We can connect it to the Mac and then off the Mac, we can have like a little Bluetooth speaker and have the Bluetooth speaker be the amp. And you know, if, or if we want to, we can play it through the home stereo and all this kind of stuff through the I don't Mac. Know how, I don't know how good a bass is going to sound on a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> I don't know. but uh, It's kind of funny. I just had this visual image of your little daughter, like, Playing this big bass, you're gonna look like Danny Bataducci from the is, from yeah. the Partridge Family. Well, you that big saw, ass bass. <laughs> I saw a video on it, and this is kind of what we, me and you were talking off air a couple of days ago. And we were in the video. They were saying that, that if you don't use your middle and ring finger, you only use your your index finger and pinky. That surprisingly, you know, a lot. There's been a lot of famous bass players with relatively small hands. You just have to move your hand up and on the fretboard. So. Hmm. 
So the the point of the video was you don't have to be like some big guy with big hands to play bass. Like small oh. girls can play bass too. So. For sure. Even guitar. Like people are like, my hands are too small. To play. No, they're not. Trust me. <laughs> I've seen videos of kids that are nine years old that are shredding up and down a guitar. Yes. yes. And um, yeah, it's funny because we had that talk about the fingers and what you use right. to finger. And uh, I Whoa. kept saying I use my middle that finger was a whole all the time. Different conversation. Yeah, that that was my joke. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Sorry. No, no, that wasn't my complete joke. But, um, and I was like, oh, I usually use my index and middle finger to, to pluck. <laughs> and then and your then, pinky goes around. The, no. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, so I was playing bass last night and today. <laughs> well, with this bass line, anyway, I was playing. I was only using the index finger, and I was like, <laughs> well, I guess Jimmy's right because it was just like a doom, 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 doom. Doom, doom, doom. It's that kind of a bass line. Doom, 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 doom. So I just, I found myself only using my index finger on that. It's a little bit more enjoyable when you only use your index finger because when you use your two fingers, it kind of makes it uncomfortable. <laughs> Sometimes I use three. Sometimes you three, yeah. Sometimes right I take on. my whole hand and I'll pound right. on it too. So that's cool. Well, so if you use just your two fingers and you move them really quick, it kind of tickles mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> But anyways, we're getting off, off track. Uh, so, so what did you uh, think of so the episode? <laughs> I was just about to ask that. Um, it was interesting. It was entertaining. Um, yeah. It didn't go the direction I thought it was going to go. No. Um, I was kind of... I, I was hoping it would go this direction because it's a nice, clean storyline without any, I don't know, tangents or stress or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but I was kind of expecting it to, you know, to have Greg completely screw things up by giving him the you know, the right one and memorizing oh, the wrong yeah. one or that's what I thought uh, was going to happen too. Yeah, I was, I was expecting the, the shit to completely hit the fan, but they spent yeah. so much time on that stupid tank scene that if they would have <laughs> taken that out, they could have had the a storyline go a totally different direction and have them really screw stuff up. Yeah. I thought for sure they were going to mix it up too. Or I thought they would mix it up to the point where like Greg has to save the day by coming up with some brand new play at the last minute. And that brand new play (laughs) makes them win the the game. game. (laughs) Yeah. And he gets carried off and everybody's up in the air. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then the freaking, what's his head? What's the guy's name? Rogers. Jerry Rogers comes over and he goes, you're all right, LaRusso. And then (laughs) gives him the trophy. You could be my wingman anytime. (laughs) And he's like, bullshit. You could be mine. No. Okay. Never mind. Okay. That's Maybe like for time. your for your sister? <laughs> and like, yeah, man. <laughs> She's only my stepsister, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a good scene. It was interesting. Or a good show. It was interesting. Episode? <laughs> Episode, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned earlier off air, but Carol just fucking um, um, Carol's on a different level this this episode. Holy she shit! Is, she's intentionally being a bitch and gloating about it. She is. She's enjoying. She. It's not like she was. Oh, I was unaware. Was I doing that? No. She was like, Oh, I know I'm doing it, and I'm fucking loving every <laughs> fucking second of it. Like it's it's no secret. Like if you if you if you look into filmmaking in any any way, shape, or form, it's no secret that reality TV has writers. Right. It's listed in the credits. They have writers, right? Yeah. And I'm convinced that those reality TV show writers that create all these, all this drama on those reality shows, watch the Brady Bunch and totally paid attention to what Carol does. <laughs> 100%. Like that's where they get all their ideas from because she's purposely trying to cause drama in the house. Like yeah. just so that she herself gets attention. 
Yeah, and like doing that to Mike Brady, no less. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. she could be so lucky to be with right. a guy like Mike. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I don't swing that way or nothing, but he's a catch. <laughs> well, he was, but yeah. Well, I'm talking about Mike Brady, not oh, Mike Brady. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Brady lives on forever, but I don't know, he's got a good career, makes good money. He's yep. a nice guy. Come on. I mean, you're not gay and Mike's not gay, but, you know, another planet. I can see it happen. <laughs> He's kind of tall, though, which we talk about in this. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Well, I guess we should take a break because I'm exhausted because we've been talking for 12 minutes, almost 13. So that's a long time. Usually it's it like is. eight, nine, ten, ten minutes tops. Yeah. All right. All right. So when we get back, uh, we're going to. You know, get to the bottom of this and see what's up. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, after this break, we'll be back. Hmm. Hey, movie fans. Have you ever wanted just one more adventure from your favorite film heroes? Ever imagined an alternate entry in your favorite movie franchise that didn't suck? Then Sequel Quest is the podcast to make your wildest cinematic fantasies come true. Every episode, Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy pitch imaginary sequels, prequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises like E.T. the Extraterrestrial, cult classics like Surf Ninjas and the Monster Squad, famous flops like Jupiter Ascending, how about a third Tim Burton Batman film or getting back on the ice with the Mighty Ducks? With over a hundred episodes in our archives, you'll definitely find a favorite as the SQ crew reminisce about the films and find creative, cool, and wacky ways to continue the fun on the silver screen. Sequel Quest is presented by the Retro Network and can be found on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search Sequel Quest and prepare yourselves for fake movie fun at its finest. And we are back. Yes. Okay. We have the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Season five, episode nine, entitled Quarterback Sneak. Mm. So let's get into this. Some facts about the episode. It first aired November 9th, 1973. Mm. Written by Ben Gershman and Bill Friedman. Mm. And directed by Peter Baldwin. Now, questions. Sorry yes, to sir. stop you there. Every time we see Peter Baldwin, you're always like, I wonder if he's related to the Baldwins. So oh, wait, is he related to, to the Baldwins? <laughs> I decided to look into it for you oh, today. Okay. So I looked into it and uh, no, there's no relation. So. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so according to IMDb, the stock football footage is the same footage used in season three, episode 11, titled Click. Click is the episode where Greg gets hurt playing football against Carol's wishes and takes photos on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. The girl's room was wallpapered previously. The room now does not have any wallpaper. <laughs> I assume they probably shot out of order in the next episode. They'll probably have wallpaper. I, I assume they're liars. <laughs> so, um, also, this is the fourth time actor Christopher Beaumont, Jerry Rogers, mm. appeared on the Brady Bunch playing different characters <laughs> yeah hmm he played the boy in season two episode 18 our son the man 
quote unquote Eddie, the guy who sells Greg the jalopy in season three, episode four, Wheeler Dealer. Hank Carter Ooh. in season four, episode 23, a room at the top, attic room. That was the attic now, room episode? In, in, in the attic room? <laughs> and now Jerry Rogers in this episode. Mm. So he's been around the block, if you know he's what I'm saying. He's getting around. Oh, yeah. He must really, you know, have a crush on Marsha because he's been back like four times. <laughs> and they don't recognize him. He can start all over again and be like, oh, hey, I'm Jerry Rogers. <laughs> You look familiar. Right. Are you the guy that like ripped off Greg with the car? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was some. That was somebody else. That was Eddie. See, they should have just brought him back as Eddie and have Eddie just play for the other team and be <laughs> like, "It's bad it enough you sold me that piece of shit car." Yeah. I know. What does it matter? Yeah, it would have been awesome. It would have been, been great a cool to call back. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like. <laughs> well, in the Brady Bunch, it's almost like as soon as the episode ends, like. The entire cast forgets they ever ever had that episode. Like it's like that episode didn't matter. Well, that happened on Andy Griffith all the fucking time too. Yeah. The guy who plays Sam the Butcher and Brady mm-hmm. Bunch, he was on Andy Griffith. He played like fucking like eleven different characters on that show. It's <laughs> <laughs> like God, and it's not like he's a noticeable guy. Like he's very noticeable. Yeah. Like he's very <laughs> unique looking. He's a, a large guy. <laughs> can't me- and he's just memorable too. So like, mm-hmm. like three episodes ago, he played like a guy you arrested and put in prison. And today he's like, <laughs> he's like running like a little local store. And you know, it's like, what the f- hmm. didn't make any sense. Um, all right. So you ready to fade in? <sighs> I'm ready to fade in. We fade in. Oh, I love it. Scene one. Mm. We open our episode to see Marsha walking up to a bus stop carrying both handwritten signs and her purse. She puts her stuff down, walks over to a bulletin board to hang a sign that says, All the Way with Westdale, Massacre Fairview. Mm. After hanging her sign, she walks back to the park bench to gather her stuff and hang more signs. Across the street, we see the three cool cats from mm-hmm. Fairview hanging out next to their 1973 Triumph Spitfire, <laughs> checking out Marsha. The Michael Knight-looking leader of the group says, <laughs> you sure that's Greg Brady's sister? A guy we're going to call Afro Beavis says, <laughs> positive. Good-looking chick, huh? Michael Knight replies, yeah. Too bad she goes to the wrong school. And with a here it goes, Michael Knight starts walking over to ask her out, hmm. but not not before being stopped by Afro Beavis, who says, hey, Romeo, <laughs> let's not let her good looks fake you out now. Michael Knight replies, hey, no way. You know, my heart belongs to Fairview High, <laughs> but my dick belongs to. <laughs> <laughs> but my heart's in the upper half of my body. <laughs> We return to Marsha, who is now hammering a sign onto a wooden post. She Mm. accidentally drops the poster onto the ground, and when she goes to pick it up, she's face-to-face with Michael Knight, who's strangely already kneeling down next to her. Mm. He greets her with a, hi, and then asks, mind if I give you a hand? He then begins clapping for some reason. (laughs) Just kidding. Get it? Give you a hand? Yes, I get get it. I had to explain it because people at home might not understand. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. He then picks up the the hammer and hangs the sign for Marsha. As he does, Marsha notices his jacket and says, hey, you're from Fairview. He chuckles and says, 
yeah, I guess I'm the last guy in the world that should be putting up a sign like this. Mm. Marsha laughs and asks, then why are you? He replies, some things are just more important than school rivalry. Like your name, for instance. Ooh, that's smooth, pretty slick. smooth talker. <laughs> Marsha introduces herself. He then introduces himself as Jerry Rogers. Marsha, recognizing his name, says, hey, you're the quarterback for the Fairview team. Jerry says, I'm afraid so, yes. Marsha says, wow, what a coincidence. My brother plays halfback for Westdale. Jerry, acting as if he cares, says, no kidding. We knocked heads in last year's game. Marsha says, well, I guess I'd better get the rest of these posters up. Jerry, who apparently is illiterate and can't read what the sign says, says, no, I guess we better be getting the rest of these posters up, huh? <laughs> Marsha chuckles and says, but you're the enemy. Jerry corrects her and says, a friendly enemy. Hmm. The camera switches back to Afro Beavis <laughs> and his friend, who both have sonic hearing, who say, success. <laughs> that gal doesn't know, but she's going to help her brother blow the league championship <laughs> to us. <laughs> he then twists his mustache like an old timey villain. <laughs> so a couple of things here. Mm -hmm. um, well, quick question. How could you tell those guys were from Fairview? All of it, like right out of the gate. Cause he says like in the first part of it, like something about Fairview. <laughs> Well, Plus I they mean, had big Fs on their on their uh, jackets because they were all wearing three like yellow jackets <laughs> with a big F on the, all three Huge of them. F. Oh, like you don't wear something like that. <laughs> and I'm not talking about when you're watching West Side Story on the couch and you're cold. I'm talking about you like you got in public like that. Um, and also like he says too. He says, uh, "Oh, my brother's uh, Greg Brady or whatever." And he goes, "Oh yeah, we knocked helmets together last." last year's game whoa don't they so call that, that docking you know what that's called <laughs> no so to me that means that if he's the quarterback and they knocked helmets that means greg sacked him i have no idea what's what what position does greg play he plays halfback what does that mean i don't know <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny i'm really I know not. you're not i don't know what halfback is okay. but that that tells me if he knocked helmets with greg that means greg oh, tackled him because he's the quarterback it's not like he's like a wide receiver or something he's the quarterback which means that's greg true. got to him and knocked him down that's true so anyway um so greg plays halfback now i thought what happened to the photography gig he was doing oh that's true i don't know yes you got me curious what a halfback is we're gonna we're gonna see what a halfback is can we just guess and let Jenny just grind her gears? <laughs> well, I like us doing like sports stuff. <laughs> sports talk with Tech and Jimmy. I've heard of a fullback and then a half. So what's like. Okay, let's, let's break it down. Okay. There's a running back and he's called a running back because he literally runs across in the back. Before, okay. Right before the play. You right. see a guy that runs in the back. He's the running back. Okay. So I guess a halfback is somebody that runs only halfway. <laughs> he's halfway in the back or maybe only half of his back is to the but ball. But if, if he's running away from the quarterback, what's he doing touching his helmet? <laughs> like why? He wouldn't be anywhere near the, the quarterback. Maybe he threw his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it says, uh, this is according to Wikipedia, a okay. halfback is an offensive position. Why is it offensive? 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, they, everybody should just be accepted for who they are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Greg. Man, he's in this position everybody's pissed off about. But anyways, <laughs> it's an offensive position in American football whose duties, <laughs> duties, duties involve lining up in the backfield and carrying the ball on most rushing plays. Okay. Or it says, i.e., a running back. Okay. So he's the one that, like, the quarterback will literally hand the ball to to run Wait a it minute. in. No, 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 no. And Jenny, correct, correct me, attack if we're wrong, but a halfback. That's an offensive a, play. Yeah, a halfback on one team and the quarterback on the other team would never be on the field never at the same play time. On the, yeah, they would never play at the same time. So how is why is he touching his helmet? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That must have been in a locker room or under the bleachers, if you know what I'm saying, because <laughs> that's the only way that could happen, unless Greg played another position in the previous year. But Bre- Greg is really tall and skinny. I can't imagine him being like a defensive lineman or something, right? Yeah, he's more built like a kicker or a quarterback. Or um, a beanpole. <laughs> like a cheerleader. Or maybe a halfback. Sorry, pom-pom girl. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, go ahead. Um, I love the sign. That, I don't know if you you really got to pause it, but if you pause it when <laughs> they have the oh, board where she's hanging a sign. I did. I was looking at all the, like it was a Navy <laughs> one, it was an the, Army one. <laughs> did you see the sign for the soldiers? It yeah. says, a job for a man. Like, wow. <laughs> no, that um, was the Army one. Yeah. And I can't remember the Navy ones. The Navy one said something kind of funny too, but fuck, I forgot what it said. I was going to try to write it down, but I was like, nah, it's not worth it. <laughs> but it's not racist. It's not no. racist. Why would it be no, racist? No, because we got that email last week. Oh, nothing is racist. Some things <laughs> might be, we might be a little no, we sensitive We shouldn't too. tease her about it because she's going to be all self-conscious about right in now. Um, no, no. Why is, no, not according to her. She's tough. She can take it. That's true. She can take it. <laughs> Lislock, um, 7442 or whatever. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Why is this? Is, is uh, Michael Knight kneeling down next to her? Like, <laughs> Michael Knight. He was picking up the posters. But he was down there before the poster even fell to the ground. Maybe he was going to propose to her. Maybe. But uh, my last note is this dude is super ugly. <laughs> Tack thinks he's cute. This is what, guys, Tack thinks this guy's cute. And I said he was ugly. And Tack's like, why? How come every guy very much is ugly to you? Why can't anybody be cute? All no, right, fine. I if you don't think he's cute, then. You think all of Marsha's guys are ugly. It's like nobody is too good, is too good for her. Or nobody is good enough for her. So you, what you're saying is you think this guy's hot? <laughs> no. Okay, I don't well, think which, he's hot or anything. Which guy did you think was hot? I didn't think any... It's hard for me to see like any... I'm not going to say anybody because a lot of girls are very attractive on the show. But like any guys on the show because their hair is just... Makes him look ter- like the last guy that you were like, your guy's ugly. He had, his hair was terrible. It looked like like a helmet where it was like a mullet, but it yeah. was like a helmet yeah. mullet. And uh, it's just, it doesn't so make if, anybody look attractive. So what you're saying is if that guy in the last, <laughs> in the ice cream episode, if he had a different haircut, then you would have thought he was hot. <laughs> no. Okay. First of all, let's backtrack. <laughs> I don't think any guys are hot. Well, you, yeah, I you can do, definitely tell Chris if has a guy for is, thinking they're ugly. Opposite of ugly is hot. So, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> like I can think somebody is an attractive guy, <laughs> but again, I'm not sexually attracted to them. I never I'm said you were sexually attracted. I just said that you thought that dude was hot if he had a different haircut. <laughs> so, which guys do you think are hot? None. I've, you you said yourself that oh all, I think God. all the guys are ugly. None. <laughs> 
All right. Let's move on, shall we? Okay. <laughs> All right, scene two. <laughs> Back at the Brady house, we see Greg, Bobby, and Peter playing football in the backyard. Peter and Bobby try and block Greg, who's running with the ball, but both are unsuccessful. Greg turns around and tells Peter and Bobby, if the ball carrier is heading straight at you, always keep your eye on his belt buckle. Because, you know, football players wear belt buckles. <laughs> 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 when Bobby asks why, Greg tells him, "Because that's where you can see his di- or the center of his center of gravity is. <laughs> if you're watching his feet or his head, he'll fake you out every time." Peter gets super excited at the advice and says, "Let's try it again." Greg agrees, saying, "Okay, you ready?" When they both say yes, they try it again, but this time Greg gets distracted seeing Jerry and Marsha. Walking up the driveway. Mm. This allows Peter and Bobby to successfully tackle Greg. When Peter and Bobby see Greg is distracted and asks what's the matter, Greg stands up and says, Marsha's got to be kidding. Bobby looks and finally asks, who is he? Peter answers before Greg saying, a fink. Bobby, still confused, asks, how do you know? Peter answers saying, he's wearing a Fairview sweater. Out of nowhere, Jerry waves and says, Hi, Greg. Greg politely waves back. Jerry then turns to Marsha and says, Thank you for letting me take you home. Marsha says, Thank you for helping me with the signs. Jerry asks Marsha, Can I see you again? Marsha excitedly says, Sure. Jerry says, Great. And after a flip of the hammer, he hands it back to Marsha and says, I'll keep in touch. And walks away like a motherfucking boss. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Marsha looks absolutely smitten. Mm-hmm. It's a smitten kitten. As she stands there daydreaming about Jerry, Greg walks up and says, I assume you know who he is. Marsha, still staring off into space, says, Mm hmm. Jerry Rogers, quarterback and dreamy. Greg, perhaps grossed out by hearing his sister talk like that, says, Ah, dreamy. Marsha continues saying, I may even let him eat or uh, take me out. (laughs) Juvenile. (laughs) Greg, upset to hear this, asks, Marsha, are you kidding? Jerry is the opposition. Marsha turns to Greg and says, well, he may be your opposition, but he's certainly not mine. (laughs) <laughs> she then walks away, leaving Greg feeling disgusted. I don't know if you noticed when that they did the second play, but Greg lands right on Bobby, like literally on huh. top of him. And he has Not to do like this wrestler's arch in order to keep his, his full weight off of Bobby. So I'm kind of surprised Bobby didn't get hurt. No, I didn't notice that. But yeah. He lands like with his full weight on Bobby, but he's got to like use his leg to like like hold his, his back up in the air to make sure that Bobby doesn't get squished underneath. <laughs> so, plus they're on AstroTurf, like on concrete. So I'm kind yeah, of surprised. I saw, the, I saw the, the grass get like, it got pushed up a little <laughs> bit in the back. It gets like wrinkled. That's yeah, it got wrinkled. <laughs> Oopsie. <clears throat> um, so I like how Marsha goes, yeah, and I may even let him take me out. <laughs> <laughs> like he hasn't even asked you. It's weird wording. It's like, like uh, I may let him take me out. Like, 
well, how do you know he even wants to? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's not used to, like, she's probably never, like, been, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, she's she, like, well, no, no, like, she's probably never been, like, told no. You know, um, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this tells you how many guys ask Marsha out. <laughs> I might let him, I might grace him with my presence with him later unlike some people like <coughs> chan <coughs> excuse me that um <laughs> would say yes just simply because the guy asked her out you know <laughs> marsha yeah. has a choice i might let him <laughs> all right scene three mm. up in the girl's room we hear a knock on the door when marsha says come in peter walks in glares at marsha for a moment before walking to her bed and taking all her signs Marsha tries to stop him, saying, hey, those belong to me. But Peter informs her, you mean they did belong to you. Marsha tries to argue her case, saying, but I'm supposed to finish putting them up tomorrow. Peter gets short, saying, we don't need any help from Benedict um, uh, Trader. <laughs> Marsha, confused, asks, Trader, I'm as loyal to Westdale as anybody. Peter argues back, you mean loyal to Jerry Rogers? Marsha, still getting upset, does some piping up of her own, saying, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Besides, you don't even go to Westdale yet. Peter, now getting defensive, says, I will next year. And when Westdale finds out my sister's a double agent, they might not even let me in. <laughs> Marsha now pissed says you're impossible and storms out of the room. Jan coming to Marsha's defense says, Peter, you should be ashamed of yourself calling Marsha a traitor. Cindy speaks up saying you really hurt her feelings. But Peter unfazed says it serves her right for liking a fair view freak. <laughs> Jan kind of impressed with Marsha's taste says, oh, I bet he's a freak. <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> <All right. clears> Jerry doesn't sound like a no kidding Marsha says Jerry doesn't sound like a freak to me but Peter unable to get his head out of Greg's ass says <laughs> anyone who goes to Fairview is a freak especially <laughs> right before the big game Jan not giving up asks how can you possibly compare a football game to a romance Peter apparently forgetting that he literally just got mad last week at Bobby for <laughs> missing a date replies. You can't football's important. <laughs> Jan and Cindy are shocked to hear this. Jan raises her voice and says, for your information, a football game only lasts 60 minutes, 59 minutes and 30 seconds longer than your dad. Dang. No, just kidding. But a romance can last a whole month. <laughs> and then she walks out. Cindy copies Jan saying, at least, and then walks out behind her. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know you, you had that Benedict Arnold joke right no. in there. And I was like, I was really, really, really surprised he didn't call her Benedict Arnold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was probably one of those things where like the actor did, like Christopher Knight did. And the writers came and was like, okay, let's calm down on the Benedict Arnold. <laughs> like, uh, we don't need him in here all the time. 
And then he's like, can we use George Washington somewhere? <laughs> I know it's been a while, but no. <laughs> um, anyway, he probably played football. <laughs> he probably actually, I don't know. Maybe. Um, but I like how uh, Jan said a romance can last a whole month. <laughs> like, what the fuck? For, for Marsha, that's like a lifetime, I think, for as far as relationships go. <laughs> I think for anybody that age, I guess. Mm. Mm. But no, I'm, I'm on board with, with Marsha. Like, he doesn't even go to the school. What does he care? Right. Like, when you and I went to, to Kennedy Middle School, if my sister would have dated somebody from Coco, like, who gives a shit? I don't care. Like, <laughs> right. I don't even go to Rockledge. I don't care. And I, even if I did, even when I went to Rockledge, I didn't care. <laughs> half the time, half the time, you and I couldn't even tell you if their football team won that week. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, let's break it down for something for you to understand. Okay. okay. What if you did go to Rockledge, right? I did go to Rockledge. And you're sitting, well, <laughs> I know. But hypothetically, you went there and your sister went there mm-hmm. and <laughs> she started dating like the lead, like actor in their play that's coming out at the same time as ours. Are you talking about Rockledge's or Coco's? Well, she started dating a Coco actor that okay. was going to be in a play at the same time as ours coming out. Well, I would have laughed because their theater sucked. Oh. Like they had this <laughs> auditorium that was made out of like a, two classrooms that they tore the wall down in. It was kind of a joke. So yeah, I would have just made fun of her. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I see your point yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at Kennedy, I wouldn't have cared. So. No. Well, I think she, he's just like supporting his brother, you know? So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to relate it to myself, like at Kennedy, but I was in middle school. My sister was at high school. Right. My sister played marching band. Mm-hmm. Like, what, how would I feel if she started dating like another marching band person from like Coco <laughs> High? Like, right. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, well, what about Tack if when you were in the Navy, what if I dated a girl in the Army? Like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I would laugh at you. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> it's men's work, right? And that's what we learned. It's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Scene four. Down in the kitchen, we see Mike coming in from work, dressed in his suit. Ooh. He greets the ladies. Hi, Alice. Hi, honey. Both greet him back. But just as he leans in and is about to kiss his bride when the phone rings, Mike disappointingly says, uh-oh, remind me we have some unfinished business. As he stops and answers the phone, Mike answering says, hello. Yes, this is the Brady residence. You want to speak to whom? <laughs> Twinkles. Mike then looks directly at the camera and says, Jimmy, it's for you. <laughs> no, it's not. I, <laughs> no, I wasn't no, born. He didn't do that. Like the whole rest of the world was like, why did he look at the camera and say Jimmy? (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell is Jimmy? He's not going to be born for like another year. No, uh, Mike laughs and says, I'm sorry, there's no twinkles here. Just as he's about to hang up the phone, Carol stops him and says, oh, yes, there is. Carol stands up, takes the phone from Mike and with a big grin on her face, Mike gives her a look as if to say, oh, oh, you're twinkles. Oh. Okay, okay, we'll see. Whoever the fuck that is on the phone. <laughs> Carol on the phone says, Hello, Tank. <laughs> what a surprise! Yes. 
I'll have to thank Ethel for telling you where to find me. <laughs> Stop. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> Mike walks to Allison softly. It says, Twinkles. Alice replies, Tank. Carol continues with the conversation saying, Of course I want to see you. Yes. Tomorrow at seven would be perfect. You got yourself a date. Bye, Tank. Carol, now with a huge smile on her face and still swooning like a high school girl, hangs up the phone and with a breathy, cheater kind of voice says, How about that? Mike overhearing this asks, Yeah, how about that? Carol says, <laughs> Tank Gates. He's coming to dinner tomorrow. Alice, sounding like she's siding with Mike, asks, What's a tank gates? <laughs> <laughs> Carol, Carol, apparently forgetting that she has a fucking son that goes to Westdale, says, Only the best athlete that Westdale ever produced. Football, basketball, baseball, track, everything. You name it. His muscles had muscles. Mike, now getting irritated, says, Yeah, I know the type. You feed him a stock of bananas and let him swing from the trees out back. <laughs> right, Alice? You know, right, Alice? He's like holding a fist out for her to bump. <laughs> Alice, pulling a Benedict Arnold on Mike, <laughs> busts out with, I may swing with him. Oh, so. shit. Hell <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? She's a swinger, huh? You're going to be all swinging right. from something. Catching what I'm saying. Catching all them bananas in her mouth. Hell uh, yeah. That's what you want to call <laughs> Carol, still not getting the hint, says, Imagine hearing from Tank Gates after all these years. Mike says, Yeah, I get they named him Tank because his head's shaped like a turret. <laughs> Carol, now getting defensive of some guy from high school, says, No. They named him Tank because he mowed down the opposition like one. And as for his looks, well, every girl on campus just turned to jelly when he passed by. Mike calling Carol out asks, including you? Carol says, no. <laughs> you know, like a liar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mike quickly replies, good. Carol continues saying, I mean, he didn't pass by. We sort of went together in senior year at Westdale. Mike clarifies, sort of or did? Carol acting confused asks, what's the difference? Mike scoffs at the question, telling Carol, there's a great deal of difference because sort of means sort of and did means did, you know, like fuck. <laughs> Carol, loving all this attention, possibly at the expense of her marriage, just chuckles and says, well, anyways, that was a long time ago. You're going to love meeting Tank tomorrow. Mike scoffs again, saying, oh, I'm sure I'm just counting the seconds. Every fucking second. I can't wait. <laughs> As he walks out of the kitchen, he turns to Alice, who's standing there carrying a basket full of laundry, and says, You better get another bunch of bananas, Alice. <laughs> as soon as Mike leaves, Alice walks over to Carol. Carol turns to Alice and shows just how delusional she is by saying, Alice, my husband just paid me a very big compliment. Alice, sounding dubious, says, What's that, Mrs. Brady? Carol smiles and says, He's jealous. Alice, who appears to be making fun of Carol to her face, says, Bless that green-eyed monster. Carol just continues on smiling like the ignorant bitch she is. 
<laughs> yeah, I really had the I really had to tone down the scene. And I'm glad you kind of rewrote some of it because if you notice at the beginning, it was very toned down. <laughs> because I know as soon as I went that direction, I would have just full bore just <laughs> mowed Carol down. And I didn't want to do that because there's still a story to tell. So Kelly would tank does the opposition. I got gotcha. exactly. Yeah. And why'd she use the word <laughs> opposition? Like I she wasn't know. in the military. She was in high school. Like that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. They, they're using the word opposition too for, Oh, he's my opposition. Yeah. So let me start by saying, wow, what a bitch. She yeah. 100% wants to fuck this guy. 100%. Like without a doubt. <laughs> for sure. Well, yes. correction. Let me rephrase that. She wants to fuck this guy again. <laughs> yeah. Again. Cause I don't believe for a second she didn't. Um, nope. And on top of that, she's going over the top gushing about how great this guy is mm-hmm. and is then delusional enough to think that Mike is just quote unquote jealous of this guy. Yeah. Like it's just, Oh, he's just jealous of the guy. No, you're just way over the top about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're this happy, then why are you with Mike? Like, why did you not end up with this guy? Hmm. She's more excited about this guy than she is like when she talks about Mike. <laughs> right. Um, she also says, uh, you got yourself a date. Yeah. Like the fuck leading him on. Well then, like I said, she's more excited about, about Mike meeting her boyfriend, like from high school. than she is her boyfriend from high school meeting her husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the messed up part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she acted a little too excited about this. Like, and she enjoyed making Mike jealous. Like, yeah. all I can say is, what a bitch. Seriously, big time. This is a new low for even Carol. All right, scene five. <clears throat> Down in the family room, we see Greg and Mike sitting at the table going over football plays. Mike calls out T44. Greg quickly says, take a handoff from the quarterback, fake to the right, and hit through the left tackle. Mm. Mike just says, hmm. T25. Greg says, brush block the left guard and go through. And then like he smacks his hands, the linebacker. Mm -hmm. Mike thinks for a second and says, you know, that's amazing. You can remember every play in the book and you can't remember to take out the trash on Thursdays. Mm. Greg retorts. Maybe that's because there aren't any pom-pom girls around. Mm. Both guys chuckle and stand as Greg thanks Mike for helping him study. Mike answers, oh, anytime. So, like, how do they memorize all those plays? <laughs> well, it's the same as memorizing, pl- like, lines for a play. But it's not, though. Sure it's it is. not. No, it's not, because what helps you memorize lines is, like, your leading line, I guess. I can't remember what it's called, but oh, the Q? line before it. Yeah, your Q line helps you. But he's just hitting all of a sudden with T-86. You know, and you're like, fuck. Uh, and they're all, like... <laughs> I take the ball, run left. I take the ball, run right. I take the ball and run back. You know, they're all like so close to each mm-hmm. other. It's like, you know, I mean, obviously people do it. I mean, but in, is that normal for high school? I, I don't know. Probably is. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I've never played sports. Really? But I will say, <laughs> I will say all that was French to me. So I didn't even understand half of what they were saying. Um, but what's a pom-pom yeah. girl? I think we talked about before. That's like a, that's a cheerleader, right? Cheerleader. Yeah. Okay. Scene six. Now on the campus of Fairview, we see Jerry walking to the campus when we hear Afro Beavis <laughs> call his name, <laughs> who asks, Hey, how's it going with that Brady chick? Jerry simply answers, stop worrying. Would you? I'm not about to fumble. 
<laughs> Afro Beavis, still nervous, says, yeah, but the game's the Saturday. We got to have Westdale's playbook no later than Thursday. Jerry, who's full of confidence, says, we'll have it sooner. I'm seeing her this afternoon. Afro Beavis, now feeling better, says, oh, yeah? Great. You're some operator. Look at you. <laughs> oh, shit. Then they both part ways with the C in practice. Hmm. As soon as I saw Afro Beavis, I was like, is that Horshack from <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Bring back, Welcome Back, Cotter? It's like, oh, oh, well, Mr. Cotter. But he really did look like Beavis, didn't he? But like if Beavis had an Afro. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I thought yeah. I did. <laughs> Scene seven. Back at the Brady residence, we see Marsha being driven home from school by Jerry. Jerry pulls into the driveway and gets out. Of course, Marsha sits in the car waiting for her door to be open because she's, you know, Marsha motherfucking Brady. As Jerry walks around to open the car door, Marsha asks him, what happened to your football practice? Jerry leans to her and says, I just ran 90 yards for a touchdown. Kept right on going. <laughs> Jerry takes Marsha's hand and helps her out of the car and asks, don't I get some kind of reward for driving you home? Marsha takes a step forward and says, well, uh, what Ooh. did you have in mind? Oh, Jerry says, I'll settle for a cold drink. Oh. Marsha just giggles and says, come on in. <laughs> Come on in. No. I've seen I've seen this porn episode. I've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. So God, it's so hot out here. <laughs> I've been out here clipping the stupid hedges for so long. <laughs> well, let's go inside and cool off. <laughs> I saw another one. There's a knock on the door. He's like, ma'am, do you need a shower head? And it's like, you know, he goes in the bathroom and installs it. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so a couple of things. Um, so, you know, he's like, don't I get a reward for driving right. you home? <laughs> and she's like, what did you have in mind? And that's your cue, man. It is. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, how about something to drink? And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> she was like starting like wet her lips. And she's like, what did you have in mind? How hmm. about if you let me hold your hand? Because like, that's kind of stuff Marsha does. <laughs> Oh. And Jimmy and Tech. It's, like, it's called <laughs> a French kiss. It's from it's from the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> I know. So he said he ran ninety yards for a touchdown, and then just kept on going. Like he's the quarterback. He doesn't run for touchdowns. Sounds to me like he's Forrest Gump. <laughs> but he isn't running for touchdowns. He's a quarter. I mean, I guess you can, but ninety. He's he's. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while since I watched football, but he's throwing from like the ninety-yard line. Well, he didn't throw it; he ran. Well, I got you, but he's the quarterback, so right. he would either like, "What are they? Why are they playing on the ninety-yard line?" For one thing, and like that's the thing, right? I'm, I'm not that stupid about football, anyway. Jenny will correct all of us, but I'm just waiting for the email. Go ahead. Well, that's a good point, though. Like the one team kicks off to the other team, they catch it and start returning it. And then only when yeah, he gets tackled the does the quarterback even come out onto the team, onto the, yeah, the field. And the quarterback can take the snap, back up, and then say, fuck it, I'm going to run it myself. He can, right, but, but not from the 90-yard line. But that's not going to happen when they punt the ball to the other team, like on the first play. Like, right, right, right. Exactly. I mean, we're both correct here. 
Okay. So at least I assume we are. We should get one of those jackets like they were. <laughs> Listen to us. We right. should. And, and have it be like and Jimmy. Like A V B P. It'll be like a Letterman jacket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's gotta be the long sweater kind, you know, the kind of looks like a girl would wear, but somehow Jerry looks cool wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see the you can see the lights and the reflection of the car door. Like you can see the big giant like lights that they lights? used. Yeah, to make it look like outside. Yeah. <laughs> they actually look like they were fluorescent lights. That's what it looked like they were using. No, that'd be weird. Yeah, right. Hmm. I mean, they didn't have LEDs back then, so <clears throat> yeah. There's a big light panel though. Hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Are you sure it wasn't like a um, like a reflector? No, it was two big light panels. It looked like. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Scene eight. As they walk through the yard, they come across Cindy and Bobby on the teeter totter. Marsha introduces them all to each other. Cindy, not giving any fuck, says, You're right, Marsha. He is gorgeous. Bobby, equally not giving a shit, says, I hope Westdale whips your ass Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) Marsha, feeling like he's being rude, gives him a stern, Bobby. Marsha then takes him by the hand, saying, Come on, Jerry. Let's go into the house. I'm going to show you my room. No, she didn't say that. (laughs) After they leave, Cindy whispers to Bobby, that wasn't very polite of you. Bobby says, Cindy, he's the opposition. Cindy, not seeing the point, says, he's also Marsha's friend. Bobby, still thinking football, says, he's a Fairview fink. Cindy, now getting irritated, says, all you boys ever think about is football. Love is a lot more important. Bobby fires back with a, how do you know? You never play with any kind of ball. <laughs> now he says, you never played either one. Cindy then gets off the teeter-totter and lets Bobby slam down to the ground. Oh, shit. Mm. Well, first off, I don't know if you noticed when Jerry walked away, he gave Cindy like the finger gun thing. He's like, like this. I was like, what the fuck? But also... So he like... <laughs> What's that? Finger bang, Cindy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> finger bang. Like, um, but also, it looked like a stunt double that fell to the ground. It didn't look like uh, Mike Lukenland. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. To me, it looked like a stunt double. I doubt it was hmm. uh, kind of, it was the size of a little kid. So maybe it was a child stunt double, but either way, they probably <laughs> just got the body doubles in. It was like, just, well, if he gets hurt or something, we would deal. <laughs> we can't Where's that kid that hurt? almost got the part? <laughs> yeah. We can't get Mike Lucan like it. We'll just just have a little other tell a little kid like he won a contest or something. Have him come in and do it. <laughs> <laughs> do a Mike Lucan Lang contest. Yeah. <sighs> so I like how Marsha greets them by saying, Hi kids. Like she did when she was oh, working yeah. when she got creamed. Yeah. <laughs> um so the way Cindy slams Bobby to the ground kind of says a few things to me. So I feel like maybe Cindy had a secret crush on Bobby. Okay. Because Bobby like calls her out saying she's never been in love. Like, what the <laughs> fuck you know? You never been in love. And then she gets mad, jumps off teeter-totter and slams him to the ground. Well, also. Like, fuck you, asshole. Well, remember, there was a time where she thought she was. In love with Bobby? And it, no. She thought she was in love <laughs> with somebody. And it turned out to be Bobby pretending 
that he was a secret oh admirer. God. And I so for him that. to throw that shit back in her face and be like, ha, you never been in love. That was a dick move. Oh, because the one time shit. she thought there was somebody, it was Bobby playing a joke on her. Wow. This is way deeper yes. than I thought. Damn, good memory. I totally forgot about that episode. Oh, shit. What a <laughs> dick thing to do. Yes. God, he's just so like... What do you? What the fuck do you know about fucking love? You ain't never been in love with anybody before, and she was just like, "You're a fucking asshole." And yep. she just like, leaves. "Yeah, that was that Damn. was a dick. That was a dick thing for for Bobby to say." Damn, like mother like son, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> I need a moment that, that a whole new light on the scene. <laughs> Damn, I'm so glad you remembered that. <laughs> You're like, man, Bobby's a dick now. Like he's right there with Carol. They deserve each other. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Scene nine. Marsha and Jerry are now in the family room. Marsha offers him a seat on the couch and asks him if he would like some lemonade. Jerry says, "Great, if it's not too much trouble." Marsha politely says, "Oh no, not at all. I'll be back in a minute." Make yourself a home. <laughs> Alice, bring us some damn lemonade. I was just thinking in my head, like, why is why is Marsha getting them something to drink? They have a maid. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, we if Alice Carol would have been be doing totally like, bring us fucking lemonade a little faster well, next time. If Alice would have been doing her job, he never would have tried to steal the playbook. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So this is all Alice's fault. But or, is it a good thing she didn't? Because now we know who he, he showed his true, true colors. That's true. As Marsha leaves to go to the kitchen... Jerry looks around and says, this is a great house you have here. Jerry gets up and begins snooping around asking, do all you kids have your own room? Marsha, who's still in the kitchen replies, I wish we did. Greg's the only one. He fixed over the attic room for himself. Jerry turns around. What? I just was expecting something there. Oh, (laughs) Hey, in my attic room? (laughs) That'd be funny if she was like, you hear her in the kitchen as a pause. She's like, <laughs> like sniffling. <laughs> Jerry's like, Marsha, are you Marcia? all right? <laughs> it's just, it should have been my attic room because I really need it because I'm a teenage girl. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <clears throat> but anyways, Jerry turns around looking into the kitchen saying, yeah, that's a great idea. I ought to do something like that with our attic. Do you suppose I could take a look at Greg's room just to get some ideas? (laughs) (laughs) Marcia, who now has glasses in her hands, says, well, maybe sometime. Jerry simply says, great. Then spots Greg's playbook sitting on the table. Mm. He picks it up and tries to put it into his sweater, but he drops it. Just in time for Bobby to walk by and see this through the window. As Jerry picks up the playbook and pops his head back up, Bobby drops his head down just outside of the window. Marsha yells from the kitchen, be right there. Jerry says, no rush, and puts the playbook back onto the table. Bobby pops his head up and realizes why Jerry has been dating Marsha. Mm, dun, dun, dun. Mm. So, <laughs> I went into the scene thinking, like, what are the odds of the playbook just in the room that they're in? A hundred percent, I guess. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, the they answer. had that establishing shot before where Mike and Greg were sitting at that table. Yeah. That's it's why still they had sitting that there. Yeah. So, so 
I don't understand why he didn't continue stealing the playbook. I mean, it's not like he like he didn't see Bobby at the window. Well, he and had she was still hide it. in. Well, he was trying to put it in his. I thought like put it on his pants or something, then zip up his sweater or something. Right. But I don't know if he like because he was starting to do it, dropped it, and then like like this is his only chance to get it. Right. Right. So he was like. No, I'll just do it another time. He could have like, just ran oh, out to his car real quick. He'd been like, hey, I got to grab something in my car. And just take the book and ran out through it in his car. <laughs> right. And like, <laughs> he didn't know Bobby was there. As far as he knew, it was clear, and he could exactly. have just stuffed it in there and get to go. But he, I don't know. True. It makes sense. Why would Marsha just show him Greg's room? Like, who does that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's probably why she was like, maybe some other time. You have to ask Greg when he's here kind of a right. thing, you know? Like, if... If Kaylin had a friend over <laughs> and they were like, hey, does Jake have his own room? Yeah. Can I see it? Kaylin would be like, that, don't you think it's kind of weird? Like, you want to see my brother's room? Like, no, you can't see my brother's room. Like, that's strange. Nobody does that. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's weird. Know. Scene 10. Up in the attic room, we now see Marsha arguing with Bobby and Greg shouting, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Bobby yells back saying, well, I'm sorry, but it just happens to be true. Marsha, yelling even louder, says, Jerry Rogers wouldn't stoop that low. <laughs> Greg, having had enough, intervenes, asking, all right, why would Bobby say it if he didn't see it? Marsha, putting a guy she just met over family, says he only thought that he tried to steal your playbook. He doesn't have any real proof. Bobby, defending himself, says, my eyes are my proof. They saw him try and take it. Marsha, now trying a different angle, says, you're just prejudiced because he's such a great quarterback. Bobby argues, well, I could be such a great quarterback, too, if I had the other team's playbook. <laughs> Greg speaks up and says, look, it sounds to me like Bobby's telling the truth, but I'm willing to give Jerry a fair shake. Marsha barks back, how? Greg says, by giving him another chance to try and steal my playbook. Hmm. Marsha, now back to yelling again, shouts, He didn't try to steal your playbook. <laughs> Greg calmly says, Then you don't have anything to worry about. In fact, yeah. if he's innocent, we'll even apologize, right? Bobby firmly says, Right. Marsha, still very much upset, says, It's a deal. Mm. Then storms out of the room, but not before leaning into Bobby's face and says, Get ready to apologize. Ooh. Bobby postures up and says, you mean you better be ready to find a new creep to go out with? Marsha, now fired up again, says, oh yeah, it takes one to know one. Right? But Bobby comes back with another zinger saying, then you two should be really happy together. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha then storms out of the room a second time, but not before turning back around saying, I know this is your attic room, but if it was my attic room, Jerry Rogers would be up here with me and not worrying about a stupid playbook. And your attic room sucks. After Marsha leaves, Greg coolly walks over to Bobby, gives him a look and holds his hand out for a high five. Bobby slaps it. Cool jab ass turkey. I love how Marsha literally just met this guy today. And she's 100% convinced that he's telling the truth and that Bobby's a <laughs> fucking liar. 
That's awesome. <laughs> but also, um, I kind of like how Greg kind of gives Bobby that look at the end. You know what I mean? Because this is one of the few times where you see Bobby having Greg's back instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like Bobby stepped up to the plate and like straight up started yelling at Marsha, like standing his ground saying, I know what I freaking mm-hmm. saw. And it was all really for the benefit of Greg. I thought it was kind of cool. But to see that look from Greg, that look that says, you know, that he appreciated, that was cool. Yeah, that was nice. Um, first of all, he didn't, she didn't just meet him today, Jimmy. Come on. Actually, she met him, I think, the day before. Oh, was it the day before? Oh, okay. Still. So, they have history. <laughs> <laughs> so, when they came up with this plan, I was like, this is an awesome plan, and I'm so excited. <laughs> it's like, oh, Marsha's going to, there's going to have a, they're going to have a special scene where Marsha apologizes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Scene no. 11. <laughs> In the family room, we see Mike sitting at the table reading the paper when Carol walks in. She leans in, puts her hands on Mike's shoulders, and asks, Honey, how would you like to buy me a new dress for my birthday? Hmm. Mike gives her a look and says, Well, since your birthday's several months away, I'd love to. Hmm. Carol then pops out from behind Mike and says, Good, I'm wearing it. Do you like it? Mike takes a look at it and says, ooh, I like it. Carol says, it was on sale. Mike replies, I like it even better. Mm-hmm. But when Mike's BS detector begins to sound, he asks, uh, what's the occasion? Carol explains, well, honey, you know, I needed a new dress. And with Tank coming over, I thought Mike stops Carol in her tracks and asks, that's for Tank. Carol <laughs> lies to her husband. You know, like a liar. Saying, no, silly. It's for you. Mike thinks out loud saying, yeah, that dress sure makes me look good. Happy birthday, twinkles. (laughs) No. Carol's like, how'd you like to buy me a new dress so Tank would want to fuck me? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, can I please? Oh. And I hate this thing like where she's like, Oh, I got it on sale. Like, okay. But like, well, well how much was it? You know, it's right, like, right. it was normally $4,000, but I got it on sale for 3500 <laughs> Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, it's still a lot of money. It's funny because, yeah. you know, Carol can't go buy her own piece of coral, but she sure as fuck go buy a dress, can't she? Funny <laughs> how that works. <laughs> You're stung up on that from the Hawaii episodes. <laughs> Why did she need a new dress? <laughs> because we all know she wouldn't dare to gain any more weight since high school. So why does she <laughs> right. need a new dress? Because she wants to look fuckable for Tank. I bet you she's wearing a thong under that dress. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> if she's wearing any underwear at all. Oh, good point. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Scene 12. Up in the boys' room, we see Peter sitting on the desk, which is somehow back in its spot in the room, <laughs> with Bobby laying on his bed doing bicycle kicks <laughs> in the air. <laughs> Greg walks in. Oh my god! When this scene opened up, I was just like, I was like, looked up from my computer, and I was like, I was like, what the fuck? I like lost it. I was like, what is he doing? Like, what the fuck? It was just the weirdest thing to see yeah. in the opening of a scene. <laughs> uh, anyway, Greg walks in and asks, 
Hey, how would you guys like to help me plot Operation Wipeout? Both boys immediately intrigued stand up and repeat, Operation Wipeout? Greg explains, Well, I told Marsha I'd give Jerry another chance to try and steal my playbook. But if he does steal it, Fairview will collaborate us, right? So I came up with an idea. Greg then pulls out two identical playbooks. Bobby asks, Two playbooks? Greg explains, This one's a phony. We'll make it full of fake plays. Peter, putting two and two together, says, If Jerry steals it, Fairview would be running around in circles. Greg confirms, saying, Right. Bobby gets even more excited, saying, You guys would round them. Greg begins to think out loud, saying, Can't you just see those Fairview freaks trying to defend against our plays when they're not even our plays? He then switches books with Peter and says, Listen, you read me the plays out of this real playbook, and I'll switch them right here in this funny one. Mm. And they get to work. Apparently, yeah. Um, yeah, I put down Greg's going to mix up those books and memorize the wrong plays. I thought for sure that was going to happen. I did, too. I thought 100% that's yeah. where the story was going. But I don't know. You know, Gershwin and uh, fucking Gershwin and Baldwin fucking threw one over on us. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of a kind of curveball curveball there curveball. so okay well this is where we take our next break so Jerry Ooh. is trying to steal Greg's playbook in order for Fairview to beat no clobber mm. Westdale in the big game mm-hmm. will Jerry score a touchdown or will his plan be sacked by Greg Bobby mm. and Peter See what I did there? See, Jenny? Using those sports puns. (laughs) We will be back. Coming in the fall of 2022, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions, a long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and you can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book. Watch the teaser trailer. Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall by Stan Bush. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters and sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com 
or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great, coming in the fall of 2022. And we are back. Ah, yes. Man, that was some break. I can tell your legs are feeling better. You, you, I don't know if you've ever been able to do that. Do what? Well, you just did. We go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you watching me go to the bathroom? But no, I mean, just to weird. do it on one leg like that. That's kind of strange. Why do you do it on one leg? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that now. Hmm. Okay. You know what else I do that's weird? What's that? Is I don't know if you do this. Like somehow in the past few years, I've turned into a toddler. So now when I go in the when I go to the bathroom and, and pee, <laughs> like I pull my pants all the way down to like mid thigh. I do I that too. I've been doing that for a while now. <laughs> and apparently, like they get mad at you when you do it at McDonald's. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, pee. I'm more comfortable this way. People at work are like, you can't do that in a stall. Like you poop in a stall. You go poopsie in a stall. You don't go pee pee in a stall. God, talking to me like I'm a child. Um, <laughs> you go dirty stink stink over there. Do you? God. Do you pull your shirt all the way up <laughs> to your chest? Well, and hold it under your chin while you pull it. And then you like stick your belly out, and you're like, mm. and you go hands free. Exactly. Like yeah. Hands- yeah. Well, you, you first go, you gotta get it and wobble back right. and forth. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get it aimed just right, and then you can, then you can go hands free. Like, well, if you go cool. hands free, and then you can take a step back, see how far you can shoot. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a very strong stream, and I'm a little concerned about that. Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. So, like, I, to, to where, like, you know, it like starts to slow down, right. and you have to like lean more forward, like, <laughs> over to the top, just so you hit the same spot in the urinal. Yeah. So, if, do you think? Do you think urinal kicks actually do anything or do you think they're just for us to pee at? <laughs> I used to love it when my mom would throw cigarette butts in the toilet. <laughs> that was a good time. That was it's like you have to like try to get it to blow up. So you're a World War before. II submarine and you're trying to <clears throat> sink a battleship. Well, no, I saw it more of like like Star Wars kind of a thing where I got this laser and I got to keep hitting it because it keeps moving away and you got to follow it. But you have to get it to go like blow up because it blows up after you hit it long enough. <clears throat> and all the like tobacco falls, you know, blows out of it. And you have to like, ch- the guys don't know what they're talking They'll be like, I know what you're talking about. Dude. <laughs> Girls are like, okay, can we get back to the episode? <laughs> I used to play Hiroshima, Hiroshima Nagasaki and just take a dump on it. I don't know where you're going to go with that. It's like, how you just dive in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought we'd have nothing to talk about coming back from break. Yes. So, <laughs> normally, we, we talk about some element of the show um, or yeah. some element of the episode right now, but there was really nothing I could relate to. We've talked about our lack of sports, you know, except, you know, when you spend all that time, you know, on the swim team. Um, we, we, we talked, I mean, we, both of you and I have obviously played sports, but we've already talked about that. And the, the B storyline of the show of this episode talks about 
you know, we're, we're pretty hard on Carol. We're talking about, you know, Carol trying to maybe spice up her marriage. Maybe try to <laughs> let Mike show we'll with that, you know, that she could still get another guy. <laughs> Whatever. Um, is, does that ring any, any bells with you? Is that anything you can relate? Cause it's nothing I can really relate to. It's nothing I really experienced. Yeah. I've never dated that many people. I've only dated in my yeah. life. I've only dated like four people. So it's nothing that I can really relate to. But um, is that something you, does that even, you know, can you even relate to that at all or no? Well, I mean, first of all, I think those are games that she's playing that I don't think, first of all, it's not necessary. Right. It's not. Like she's married and they have a good marriage, you know. So they're not necessary to play games and that's just dumb and immature. Um, But there was a time where um, I've been on the tank Gates side of this triangle before. Right. Um, so basically what happened was there was this girl I used to be friends with for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't seen her for a few years. We went on without really any contact because this is before Facebook and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, um, and then I recently, then I got in contact with her. And then she's like, was married and had it, you know, right. and she's like, oh my God, you know, and uh, she's like, I can't wait to see you. I was going to go over there and hang out with them. Right. And uh, she's like, my when husband, you, say them, you mean like her and her husband, her and her husband. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, my husband just like, he, can't, <laughs> he's excited to meet you. And I'm like, <laughs> I really doubt that. Well, I mean, I would take that as uh, why, like, is he, <laughs> does he own a gun? Like, is he- Holding a baseball bat, like why? She's like, all I ever do is talk about you to him, and now he gets to finally meet you. He's excited. I'm like, I don't think so. I really doubt that, but okay. He may be telling me that, but that's not what he's thinking. Right, right. So I mean, I went over there, and you know, whatever. But I I didn't like. Yeah, I wasn't like walking there, like, hey, and I'm picking her (laughs) up, and how you treat, how you treating my girl? You know, like have a pet name for her, so. (laughs) <laughs> no. but I mean it sounds like unlike Carol that you kind of understood hey this is kind of messed up like <laughs> like it sounds like you were right. consciously aware that this could somewhat yeah, was, hurt uh, her husband's feelings you know right I wasn't out of touch <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago I said on the show something about how guys have different nods depending on whether we know or or if whether we know the the other guy or whether it's a friend I mean, whether it's a friend or whether it's a stranger. Remember me telling that? I think so. Where if it's, and it was a, it was a rule that I came across that I didn't even know was a rule until they said it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's totally a rule that guys follow. Kind of like not talking to each other in the men's room, like next to each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the rule is if it's somebody, you know, your head nods up. If it's a stranger, your head nods down. I'm like, Oh my God, totally. 100%. That's a rule, right? <laughs> I just tried that. And yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. And um, so I found one out for girls, right? Okay. And this, honestly, it wasn't like me, like pretending to be dumb or whatever. This really did shed some light and it, and it totally made sense when I heard about it. And it even allowed me to, to kind of understand where my wife comes from sometimes. And the rule for girls and girls, feel free to correct us. But the rule for girls is... If let's say you and your wife or you and your girlfriend are in line at a supermarket and it's a female cashier, if the mm-hmm. female makes contact with you, makes eye contact with you, but refuses to make eye contact with her, then she's being disrespectful yeah. to your girlfriend or wife. 
And she probably has like, she probably thinks you're cute. She probably likes you. Okay. But if she makes contact with your wife only and does not make contact with you, then she probably thinks you're cute, but she's being respectful to your wife. So either way, she thinks I'm cute. In that scenario, if if she's that's, avoiding contact really with one the of the most, two of you, that's the big take. Yeah, that's a big takeaway here. If she's avoiding so. one of the contacts with the two of you, okay. So like this checkout girl you're talking about, do you like have her number? Or? No, uh-uh. no, because she wouldn't make eye no. contact with me. Um, <laughs> but when I when I turned to my wife when I heard that, I was like, "Is that true?" My wife's like, "One hundred percent, yes." I'm like hmm. really? And she's like, "You know, there's times where I'd be like." Yeah, that waitress is totally flirting with you. I'm like, no, she wasn't. She was just being nice. She's like, yes, mm-hmm. she was being nice to you, but avoiding eye, t- mm-hmm. eye contact with me. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. and it totally made sense. I'm like, 100%. I totally see where you're coming from. So you should have called her out on it when the waitress came back. Maybe. Yeah. Like, so you, do you like want to fuck me or something? <laughs> You'd be like, excuse me? <laughs> well, you know, like my wife says. Well, the next time I go out to eat, I'll ask the waitress. Okay, and I'll show her a picture of you. If this guy was sitting here with like some random girl, <laughs> would you make eye contact with him or with his wife? And I'd ask that, and then I'll let you know. And I'll be well. Can he have your number? Like, pretend yeah. that happened. Okay, let's pretend it happened and pretend they argue. <laughs> like, can he have your number? And I'll, so I'll do that next time. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, not a problem. I'm glad somebody's trying to work help me out and work towards. There you go. My loneliness cure. There you go. All right. We're ready One day. To, to uh, hike back into this? Oh, that doesn't sound uh, right. You ready to, to oh. play back into? Um, no. You ready to, I don't know. I'm, I'm out. You ready to get back into this? <laughs> hey, I wonder if, Ray, here's one. Yeah. I wonder if Jerry Rogers plays for the Steelers. <laughs> Steelers. <laughs> and I wonder because if, he's trying to steal the playbook. And I wonder if he, Marcia, or not Marcia, I wonder if Carol is a slut. <laughs> I wonder that too. Okay. 100%. Well, anyways, when we left off, Marcia's new boyfriend, Jerry, is trying to steal Greg's playbook, but was spotted by Bobby. Now, Greg and the boys are trying to get him to steal the wrong playbook in order to make Fairview look stupid in the big game. Mm-hmm. Will their plan succeed, Tag? Well, I, I I saw the episode. Oh, so. okay. Cool. Oh, oh. Well, let's find this know. out. We'll see. <laughs> Scene 13. Down in the living room, we see Mike sitting on the couch when the doorbell rings. Mike mm. looks around to see if anyone else is going to answer it. When he sees nobody mm. is, he stands up size and goes to answer the door. I thought they had a maid, but yeah, right? it's twice now. <laughs> It'd be funny if Mike was like, I guess I'll answer it. And like shouts, it's all mad. <laughs> when he goes to answer the door, a large gentleman immediately jumps at him and shouts twinkles. <laughs> Mike jumps back slightly. <laughs> It'd be funny if Mike would have jumped back <laughs> with some other name. <laughs> Sparkly. I don't know. That's just been funny. Um, Mark jumps back. Uh, Mark. Mike jumps back slightly, puts on his best smile and says, no, I'm Mike. The man points at Mike and says, right. I'm Tank Gates. Glad to meet you. While shaking Mike's hand. Mike returns the pleasantries and says, well, Carol's told me a lot about you. 
Tang gives Mike a look and says, huh, not everything, I hope, while simultaneously ah. slapping him on the shoulder. Mm. Tank then begins to walk into the living room, looking around, saying, where is she? Where's my twinkles? <laughs> Carol stands at the top of the staircase, you know, like she's at fucking prom or something, and shouts, <laughs> she's right here. Tank gets super animated, holding his arms out, saying, twinkles. Carol chuckles, runs down three steps of the stairs and yells, hi, Tank. Tank then begins running past Mike, jumping over the couch to Carol, shouting, come here, you gorgeous hunk of a woman. Mm -hmm. He picks Carol up in a hug and spins her around. Carol finally saying, Tank, put me down. Carol looks at him and shouts, oh, you're as wild as ever. Tank, while totally looking at her boobs, says, and you're as pretty as ever. No, no, you're prettier. Hmm. Mike, who's been standing off in the corner, not quite sure what to think of all this, is taken off guard when Tank turns and says, boy, did you luck out, fella. <laughs> Mike comes back quick saying, my mom thinks she didn't do too bad either. Tank <laughs> turns back to Carol, putting his arm around her shoulders and says, I bet you're just dying to know what I've been doing since high school, right? <laughs> Carol says, well, yes, Tank, I, but it's cut off by Tank, who begins explaining, went right to college and guess who made All-American? Mike, still in his smart-ass mode, says, why don't you take a stab in the dark, honey? That shit was so funny. <laughs> Tank continues unfazed, saying, you know me, Twinkles. I don't like to brag, but after college, I went right into pro football and made all pro three years in a row. Hmm. Carol, starting to see how self-absorbed Tank is, simply says, yes, I, I noticed in the paper. Tank says, wasn't hard to do, was it? I was in them all the time. Hmm. He then turns to Mike and asks, did you ever play ball, Mac? Mike corrects him saying, uh, Mike, but continues, um, I played some ball, not football, but... Tank cuts off Mike saying, I didn't figure you did. Carolyn cuts off Tank by trying to change the subject, saying, we have a son who plays football for West for Westdale Tank. He stares at Carol in disbelief and asks, you have a son that old? <laughs> Why, you look like you could be in high school yourself. Carol chuckles in disbelief, then turns to Mike and asks, did you hear that, Mike? Me still in high school? Mike simply smiles and says, I heard it. At this point, Mike is just sitting there on the couch watching this unfold and enjoying every minute of it. Hmm. Tank finally getting to the point of all this says, listen, that's the reason I'm in town for the biggie between Westdale and Fairview. Just don't get a chance to get here anymore. Mike sarcastically asks, how did we get so lucky this time? <laughs> Carol, knows. Carol now getting more nervous about both how Mike is acting and how Tank is acting tries to change the subject again. Look what I dug up, Tank. It's our old Westdale annual. <laughs> Tank, super excited to see pictures of himself, takes it and begins laughing in excitement. Hmm. This guy is a total dick. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> he refers to Mike's wife as my twinkles. <laughs> And I thought Mike was just awesome in the scene. <laughs> I love the sarcasm. <laughs> so fucking good. His hair. Let me start with his hair. His hair looks so stupid. 
Well, like, you didn't it, think he was hot? <laughs> What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. Um, but this dude is huge because Robert Reed himself was, was six foot three. Yeah. And this dude was bigger than Robert Reed and he was full too. He was like a big guy. Yeah. So whoever this actor was, he was freaking huge. <laughs> um, but what was up with her posing on the stairs? <laughs> I don't like know. she is so damn full of herself. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm over here tank. <laughs> and then she runs down three steps and poses again. It's like, okay. It would have been funny if Mike would have been like, what are you doing? Why are you on the stairs like that? <laughs> um, my other note says, uh, yeah, she could have been a high school teacher. Maybe but <laughs> yeah, yeah. not a student. No, There's no way. Definitely not. Um, I love how Mike is laying it on thick uh, mm-hmm. to Carol. You know, now that he sees how much of a douchebag this guy is, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just sitting back eating nuts and shit. He's just enjoying every second of this. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I looked into this guy to see who the hell he was, and uh, mm-hmm. he's been on a lot of shit, a lot. And I guess he played Tarzan in one of the Tarzan movies. So. Okay, I think he was in stuff right up until like 2005. I, I'm assuming he passed away. I'm assuming. I don't know, but yeah, he did a lot of shit though. Yeah, he did. All right, scene 14. Up in the boys' room, Greg, Bobby, and Peter are still working on the fake playbook. Greg asks, what's the next play? Peter reads, T28. Quarterback, pitch out to the strong side. Greg says, simple, we'll just reverse it. Now that'll be T28, quarterback, pitch out to the weak side. Peter smiles in excitement, finally saying, Boy, are they going to be surprised when the ball goes one way and Fairby goes the other. Oh, God. <laughs> Bobby, who's been pretending to hike the ball to himself this entire time, <laughs> hikes the ball and tosses it to the side right into Alice, who comes into the room through the bathroom. She groans from the ball hitting her in the stomach as she walks into the room. Bobby sheepishly says, sorry, Alice. As Greg asks, did you want something made? what what okay fine i'll be there in a minute (laughs) and he was like trying to hide the playbook which i thought was weird yeah yeah so alice says he has to be traded right after dinner which is going to be ready pretty soon so get cleaned up the boys answer okay as alice leaves but not before alice lets out a sneaky think fast as she passes the ball around her back without looking straight to bobby greg stands up and says well, that does it. Now all I have to do is give the funny playbook to Marsha and have her invite Jerry over tomorrow. Peter asks, are you sure he'll take it? Greg gives Peter a look and asks, will a rat take cheese? Then smiles maniacally. Mm. <laughs> Man, I was so impressed at Alice's pass to Bobby. Yeah. Like I watched it like four times and she doesn't even look like she doesn't even look to aim. She just like throws <laughs> it around her back and it, and it's not only does she throw it really well, but mm-hmm. it lands right where it's supposed to. And she doesn't even turn back to see if she landed it either. She just fucking walks out. <laughs> so you watched it four times. Did yeah. she make it every time? She did. Yeah. She Fuck. never dropped it once. It's amazing. It's <laughs> and she made it every single time. Like a motherfucking boss. Right? That's Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Scene 15. Down in the living room, Tank is still preoccupied looking at himself in the book. As he looks, he (laughs) says to himself, I was just beautiful. (laughs) And here's the old tanker. And here I am as student body president. 
Carol tries to join in the fun by pointing and saying, oh, look, there I am in the drama, but is cut off by Tank, who says, son of a gun. Here I am scoring a touchdown against Fairview that year. Hmm. Do you remember all those touchdowns I scored, Twinkles? Carol pretends to think, but is cut off again by Tank, saying, I scored so many points, I can't even remember the total. (laughs) Hey, I remember that touchdown now. Let me show you how it worked. (laughs) Tank then jumps up to completely reenact the touchdown in Mike and Carol's living room. (laughs) Carol tries to stop him, saying, well, no, Tank. I don't think that's a good idea, but cut off again by Tank, who now has his foot propped up on the coffee table and is explaining, now this is the picture. We only have time for one play, and we're still 70 yards from pay dirt. Fairview's expecting a long pass, so they drop back into 5-3-2-1 defense. You know, you know what I mean, Tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. So I look over the defense, so I look over the defense, and you know what play I call? I call, but Mike cuts in saying the old Statue of Liberty. Hmm. Tank looks irritated at Mike for taking away his thunder and simply says, yeah, the old Statue of Liberty play. Mike gives Carol a look of pride for taking away Tank's thunder. Hmm. Tank continues, well, anyway, we break out of the huddle. I come up to the line. Here, let me show you. He then grabs Mike and stands him up. He tells Mike and Carol, you two be the defensive unit. As he's holding Mike by the shoulders, he shakes him a little bit and says, yeah, you are a little fragile, aren't you? He then throws Mike down next to Carol and walks off to the middle of the living room. He stands behind the couch and begins to reenact the play as if he's an announcer. He says, (laughs) God, you read this part because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, He says, now this is our line. Jackson, Metzger, Cyril, he's a rock. Mesker snaps the ball back to Leftkowitz. Lefty fades back like he's going to throw a long one. And that's when the old tanker comes flying by and grabs the ball. The crowd went wild. He gives him a leg. He takes it away. He reverses his field and it goes against the grain. <laughs> feels so stupid. <laughs> he gives them a right stringer. He then gives them a left stringer. He was poetry in motion. He then runs for the big save. He then finishes with a dramatic dive into the couch beside Mike. Both Carol and Mike recoil in fear of getting tackled. Tank finishes by saying, and the rest is history. Hmm. Carol, having had enough of all this, says with a deadpan voice, you're a legend in your own time. Hmm. Tank, who isn't done, continues saying, no, no, not yet. I still have to make the extra point. Tank gets up and runs back out into the living room. All Carol and Mike can do is look at each other in fear. Mike looks at Carol and says, I certainly wouldn't want to miss that one. Tank gets up and begins reenacting plays again. He says, I fooled them again. See, I made them think that I'm going to run the extra point. Suddenly I stop. I step back and I drop kick the ball. I'm assuming he means like punt. Yeah. Okay. Drop kick. Uh, because drop kicking me something like I'm thinking like WWE. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, as he does this, he punts a pillow across the living room, knocking over a vase with a plant in it that's sitting on the wall behind Mike and Carol. The plant crashes onto the floor. Carol lets out a oh after hearing the crash as Mike jumps up to check the plant. Tank now realizing what happened says, "Sorry, I guess I got carried away." Mike, who's now irritated, says. 
Oh, don't worry about it. Just a rare tropical fern. Mm. Tank Unfaced continues saying, but you'll be glad to know that the dropkick went right through the goalposts. Mm. Carol now completely over this says, great, really great. Tank still reminiscing says, yeah, great. Even then I was bigger than life. Mike and Carol just give each other a look. Hmm. So a few things about this. Um, like, did you notice, like, when he was putting his foot up on the coffee table, like, Mike quickly sticks a magazine under where he's about to put his foot? <laughs> see, I thought it was something else. I thought he was going to grab the paper, and yeah. he put his foot on it. So I didn't quite see that. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was trying to be quick, too. He was like, oh, shit, he's about to put his foot on my coffee table. He was like, fuck, no, you're not. <laughs> you're right there. Anyway. That's funny. I didn't catch that. Um, take, first of all, Tank needs to date a mirror. <laughs> yes, for sure. And doesn't it kind of remind you of Uncle Rico? <laughs> Who's that? From Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, the guy in the van. <laughs> yeah, he's all he's, he just obsessed about him in high school football <laughs> days. <laughs> he records himself throwing passes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And when he was like running around reliving the high school play. <laughs> Right. It reminded me of like a toddler, like high on sugar, just like <laughs> barreling through everything. He's just moving like a big, t- large toddler. <laughs> What's funny is, you know, that's not the first time he's done that. No. You know, he's told that story like a shit Probably ton of in time. tons of bars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> After yeah. A few drinks. <laughs> Probably like mowing down like waitresses and shit. And he comes at me just like she's doing. Oh, knock her to the ground. <laughs> Sorry about that. You are fragile, aren't you? Well, I'm five one, you dick. Um, um, I, I'm 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 kind of a little bit of a plant nerd, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, th- that wasn't a fern, like at all. That was. It looked to uh-huh. me like a pothos, which anybody that knows house plants knows what a pothos is. And a pothos and a fern do not look alike at all. <laughs> this did um, not make the ribosomes happy. <laughs> Chlorophyll sounds more like borophyll. <laughs> I'm so glad you got that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that kind of irritated me a little bit because I use pothos for a lot of the, the snake enclosures. That was not a fern. But anyways. <clears throat> gotcha. That's my only, that's my only note. <laughs> All right. Scene 16. In the family. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. In the family room, we see Marsha walking into the room carrying Greg's playbook in her arms, followed by Cindy, who's carrying magazines. Cindy asks her, you're really going to go through with Greg's plan? Marsha answers, Jerry's on his way over. Cindy asks, what if he does steal Greg's playbook? Marsha smiles (laughs) at Cindy and says, well, Cindy, have you seen this? (laughs) Have you seen this? Sorry, (laughs) pointing to Anyway, he says, I don't think he will, Cindy. Guys don't choose football over me. Have you seen me? <laughs> Cindy smiles back and asks, because he's honest or because he told you your eyes are like Faye Dunaway's? Mm-hmm. As Marcia gives Cindy a look, we hear Jerry pull into the driveway. Marcia tells Cindy, we'll soon find out, then tells her to put the magazines down she's carrying. Marcia hands Cindy the flowers that have been sitting on the table. As she does, Cindy tells her good luck but stands around watching Jerry come up to the door. When Marsha looks at her and says, Cindy, go on. 
But Cindy doesn't want to, asking, why? But after Marcia gives her another stern, Cindy, she reluctantly <laughs> goes, say, goes on and says, oh, all right. Soon, Jerry's at the sliding glass door. Him and Marcia greet each other, both saying hi. Marcia lets him in, telling him, I'm glad you could come over. Jerry says, you know, we must have ESP going on between us because I was just going to call you. Marcia just giggles and says, get. As they walk into the family room, Marcia politely asks him if she can get him a cold drink. Jerry follows Marcia towards the kitchen, eyeballing the playbook as he walks by all the while, asking, how about some of that great lemonade? Marcia says, okay, and continues to the kitchen. Jerry stays behind in the family room. He begins to zip up his jacket a little as Marcia asks, I guess you're really excited about the big game. Jerry answers, you better believe it, as he slips the playbook into his jacket. Marcia, still in the kitchen, says, Greg's really up for it, too. Jerry answers, I'll bet it means the league championship. As Marcia carries the lemonade up to the counter that separates the kitchen from the family room, she asks, I hope you don't mind if I root for Westdale. Jerry, pretending to thumb through the magazine, says, wouldn't have it any other way. Marcia then glances at the table and realizes that the playbook is gone. Marcia gets mad and turns her back to Jerry. Jerry walks over to her, pretending he did something wrong, saying, Oh, am I a goof artist? Coach called a special session for team photographs. I completely forgot. Can I take a rain check on that lemonade? Marcia, with her back to him, who now looks heartbroken, softly says, Sure. Jerry, now smirking, says, I hope you understand. Marcia turns to him face to face and says, I understand perfectly. Marcia then turns her back to him once again. Hmm. Yeah, I was totally expecting um, Cindy to say something to ruin this. <laughs> yeah. I was totally expecting. Are you going to try to hear? There's the playbook that you're trying to take, you know, or something like that. Um, but also, he had the entire ride over to think about what he was going to say. And he bust out with, I guess I have ESP. <laughs> like, that's what you came up with. You had the whole ride. That's what you came up with. Um, you're talking about his fake reason to leave. No, like the ESP line. Oh, I guess we have ESP because I was going to call you. The fuck? That's what you came up with? You had all <laughs> that ride over? Um, also, Alice's stereo looks different. Oh, I didn't notice it. Looks like I a different stereo. I did notice it looked different like a, I don't know, several weeks ago. I remember looking well, at it. Well, it's different speakers. I don't know if, the, I can't I can't tell if the stereo itself is the same, but the speakers yeah. are different. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I had the same thing. I wrote down uh, she had to get rid of Cindy. Can you imagine if Cindy was still in the room? Because she would have one hundred percent said to Jerry, "I'm going to go now, but don't steal the playbook that's sitting right here." No, I think she would have took it the opposite. She would have been like, "I'm going to go now, so you can try to steal Greg's playbook <laughs> yeah. or Greg's fake, Greg's fake tape playbook." <laughs> Oops, sorry, Marsha, <laughs> Cindy. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have told me if you didn't want me to say anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, they <laughs> during the scene, the actors must have felt so stupid because, like, he walks <laughs> up to the sliding glass door <laughs> and then she has to, like, open it for him because there's no glass there. <laughs> you know, it's like. And they got to pretend like they can't hear each other. Like, there's no glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
So like, okay, another thing, not to sound like a dirty old man here, but why would you waste a chance with Marsha fucking Brady for a stupid playbook? Like he'll <laughs> never get another shot with her like ever again. Oh, hell no. He'll never get a shot with her or her friends. Like, why would you do that? If I was him, I'd be like, fuck this playbook and the game shit. Like, I got a shot with Marsha Brady. Fuck this. But see, I, I thought that was going to be an element to the storyline, too, where he was like, you know, where he would chicken out and he couldn't do it. And his friends were pissed at him. And he's like, but Marsha, I did want the playbook, but now I just want you. I thought for sure they were going to spin it around <laughs> like that, but, <clears throat> which would have been corny as hell. Yeah. But. <laughs> All right. Scene 17. Up in the boys' room, Greg is reading something from the newspaper to the boys. Greg says, get this. The paper picks Fairview to win by three points. Hmm. If they only knew about the phony playbook. Oh. Just then <laughs> just then, Mike walks in with a, hey, boys. Peter asks, hey, Dad, want to win a bundle? Bet on Greg's team to clobber Fairview. Mike, still in dad mode, says, yeah, yeah, listen. I... Here you pulled a fast one on Fairview. Bobby corrects him saying, you mean on the freak Jerry Rogers. <laughs> Mike corrects him saying, no, I mean on Fairview. Don't you see you're operating on Jerry Rogers level now? Greg, perhaps not wanting to see what Mike is talking about, asks, what do you mean? Mike continues explaining, well, look, he stole your playbook. And if it had been the real one, his team could win dishonestly, right? Greg says, right. Mike goes on saying, okay, now Westdale can win dishonestly because the playbook is fake. Greg looks at his brothers, shrugs and says, I never thought of it that way. Peter pipes up and says, me either. Bobby adds, ditto. Mike sighs and says, well, boys, it seems to me that a victory is only going to mean something if Westdale beats Fairview in an honest game. And I'll bet your coaches would agree, too. Mike then leaves Greg to ponder what to do. Hmm. Hmm. So I see what Mike is saying, but, like, if the other team wants to cheat to win, how's it Westdale's fault? I mean, I, right. guess, she, I guess I couldn't see the fair viewpoint for Mike. <laughs> you see what I did there? Gosh. I, I kind of agree. Um, but, one, how did Mike find out about this? Um, I'm guessing through Cindy, duh. <laughs> hey, Dad, yeah, but at this point, Cindy didn't even know it worked. Or maybe she did. Uh, I assume time had passed. I don't know. Um, But at the same time, I would expect that, you know, because Mike says the line, and I would, uh, I'd, what is it? I w and I'll bet you your coaches would agree too. Yeah. Okay, but what about the other team's coaches. You know what I mean? Like, unless right. they're just going to pass this book around amongst the team and not tell the coaches, you know, like Greg's mm -hmm. not forcing them to use the playbook. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I kind of agree with you. I mean, that's kind of what they get for stealing a playbook. Yeah. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. Get what Mike's saying. Okay. Fair sports win, blah, 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 blah. Feel better about the win, blah, 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 whatever. Right. But now, no, he didn't make him steal it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Scene 18. At the Rogers residence, we see Jerry in his home office, apparently. <laughs> also assuming his secretary is up for the day. 
<laughs> the phone rings. Jerry walks over and picks it up. Hello? We then see Greg on the other end saying, Hey, Jerry, it's Greg Brady. Jerry sits down in his chair, kicks his feet up on the desk and says, Oh, hi, Greg. And with a giant smirk says, What's up? Greg says, Look, I'm calling you about that playbook you swiped. Jerry immediately turns up the acting, asking, Are you kidding? Me swipe your playbook? Greg tells him, I'm just trying to do you a favor, Jerry. Jerry answers, Some favor? Calling me a crook. Greg thinks for a moment and says, Let me put it this way. The book's a fake. I made up every play in it. Jerry doubles down, insisting he didn't take it, but thinks for a moment, finally saying, But even if I did... Why would you be telling me? Greg explains, because it's not fair to your team. Look, man, the book's a phony. Jerry calls bullshit, says, you're the phony, Greg. Ooh, ooh, damn. That's a Jerry Springer moment. (laughs) But thanks for the phone call. Jerry hangs up, buzzes to his secretary, and tells her to hold all those calls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then picks up the playbook and runs off to study it. What's funny is I I really thought it was the coach's office because I, I when it went to the next <laughs> know, scene I had it paused, right? and I went to the next. I'm like, oh, cool, the coach's office. So I put I actually typed back in the coach's office or whatever, and then <laughs> right. it turns out it's it was his bedroom. Um, <laughs> I mean, the way this it was a big desk like in a corner. Yeah, behind him yeah. was like. Like in shelves that built into the wall, like with all well, these like, books and like football posters everywhere. There were football posters. Yeah, there was like two yeah. or three football posters on the wall behind them. I don't know. It just looked like I don't know, it looked like a home office. It just was weird. I don't know. Yeah, not a high school kids' um, room. Yeah, I, I put down the only thing he didn't do was the only thing he didn't do was laugh maniacally and rub his hands together, <laughs> twist his mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess evil villains have cold hands. <laughs> That's all. But I I, I could have sworn that he, I didn't know he put his feet on the desk. I thought he just crossed his legs. So I was like, "That's kind of an odd position for him to sit in." Um. All right, scene nineteen. We are now treated to grainy seventies era football game highlights. <laughs> Apparently reused from like season three or whatever. <laughs> If you look really close, you can see Greg taking pictures on the sideline. (laughs) Yeah, my notes was uh, yay sports. My (laughs) notes was that was not an hour. (laughs) They said football games last 60 minutes. That was like like eight seconds. Yeah, when she said football games last 60 minutes, like what? Like I know like pro football games last like three hours. The games like in high school, they're only 60 minutes. Well, I think they're talking about like the clock. Like, well, I, think I understand quarters, like, like 15 minutes game time versus actual time. Yeah. I get that. But I mean, is it all really only 60 minutes? No, I think it's way longer than that. Because I remember as a kid, my dad would be like, oh, there's only five minutes left in the game. And like an hour later, he's still watching freaking football. So well, no, I, mean, like, I thought like, you said five minutes left. Well, yeah. Now it's down to like two and a half minutes. It's been an hour. Well, yeah. Pro football about? takes like three hours. But I'm talking about yeah. high school football. Was that no, only no 60 minutes? You recently went to a game. You don't fucking yeah, but know. I left at halftime. <laughs> well, was that only 30 minutes? <laughs> no, it was probably about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Scene Tawante. Back in the Brady kitchen, Cindy, Peter, and Jan come running in. Cindy begins telling Alice, the best ball game I've ever seen. Peter adds, 
Westdale, kill them. Jan adds, 20 to 7. Alice shouts, Marvelous! Alice <laughs> <laughs> says, Marvelous! Melbury runs in yelling, They clobbered them. Marcia, following behind, says, Jerry Rogers didn't even finish the game. Uh-huh. Greg comes in saying, The coach benched him in the first quarter when he found out about the phony playbook. Dude. We won fair and square. Alice then announces, Wait until you see what we have for dessert. We're going to celebrate the big victory. Alice then pulls a cake out of the fridge that reads, Congratulations, Westdale League Champs. Aww. Everyone cheers in excitement, with Carol adding, Oh, Alice, that's beautiful. Mike asks, Hey, Alice, what if Westdale had lost? Alice explains, <laughs> That's simple, Mr. Brady. Alice then goes back to the fridge and pulls out a second cake. She continues saying, we would have settled for this. She then holds up the other cake and reads, better luck next year, Westdale. And everyone just laughs. <laughs> How in the hell did that fri- did that cake fit in the fridge? That thing looked huge. <laughs> I can see and that. And it's a side-by-side refrigerator. It's not like a big, wide-open door refrigerator. I think it's just deep. Got a lot of Z space. That's what your mom said. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going to be eating cake for like four weeks. Like, I know. I thought that too. Guys, <laughs> a lot of cake. Uh, that, Kids, no guess cake. what's for breakfast? Ah, uh, again? <laughs> Dad is great. <laughs> Get a chocolate cake. <laughs> well, I guess that has eggs in it, so that counts as breakfast. Right? Eggs, eggs, milk. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, those two cakes would definitely, it'd be like, a quarter of one cake would be gone, and we'd have to end up exactly. throwing the rest of it out. <laughs> I'm yeah. not a big cake fan, so. All right, scene 21. In the living room, we see Carol running to answer the door. When she does, it's Tank. He greets her with, hi, Twinkles. Hmm. Carol's surprised to see him and probably a little frightened, says, <laughs> oh, hi, Tank. Carol then turns around saying, Mike, look who's here. <laughs> Tank reluctantly says, I just stopped by to say so long. I got to get going. Mike walks up and shakes his hand politely saying, hi, Tank. Tank then apologizes to Mike saying, sorry, I missed you at the game. That son of yours is not a bad halfback, Mac. Mike (laughs) answers, "Uh, that's Mike. Carol says, it must have really made you happy when your old alma mater won the biggie, huh, Tank? Tank looks disappointed as he says, that stupid game cost me a hundred bucks. Mike Confused says, Westdale won. But Tank says, yeah, but I heard a rumor that Fairview got a hold of Westdale's plays. I figured I had a sure thing. Mike snickers as Carol looks angry, asking, you mean you bet against your own alma mater? (laughs) Tank smiles, saying, loyalty's one thing, a buck's another. Tank then walks to the door with Carol, saying, well, so long, Twinkles. It's been great seeing you. He then waves and says, you too, Mac. Carol angrily yells, that's Mike, and slams the door shut. Mm. Carol walks back to the living room with Mike, asking, can you imagine him betting against his own school? Mike answers, I can imagine him doing almost anything. Carol, still annoyed, says, he's got some nerve. What a phony. Mike, now having a chance to rub it in, says, hey, that's your hero you're talking about, (laughs) Twinkles. (laughs) Carol waves it off saying, oh, you know, I was just needling you. Mm. He was never my kind of guy. 
Mike now miffed asks, well, what is your kind of guy? Carol then totally kisses ass to Mike saying the kind of guy you are, Mike. She hugs Mike and gives him a kiss. Mike pulls away, correcting her saying that's Mac. And I'm poetry in motion. <laughs> he then dips Carol and kisses her. Freeze frame. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> betting against your own alma mater. He is nothing but a Benedict Arnold, man. I I know every time I get an alma mater, I bet against or with it. Mm-hmm. Man, them, them alma maters. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Carol had some trouble uh, backpedaling that fast, huh? Yeah, she did. <laughs> Almost got her bell bottoms caught in the chain. <laughs> <laughs> I never wore bell bottoms, but I wore pants riding the bike sometime. And yeah, my pants got stuck in my bike chain a couple of times and I would follow mm. the direction that it was stuck. So I couldn't put my foot down to stop it. <laughs> Just <laughs> fall down on the concrete. Anyways, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought it was kind of cool that her and tank had the same haircut. That's kind of cute. Um, <laughs> why does Carol love saying alma mater so much? She says it like three times in a scene. Uh, opposition was also said many times in this yeah. episode. <laughs> So apparently needling means, you know, trying to cheat on your husband. So I, I didn't know that. I thought it meant something else. But, so that's kind of, that's oh, kind of needling interesting. means fucking you over. Okay. Yeah. That's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Okay. So I have an email to read. Okay. Okay. Don't <laughs> let <laughs> last week, Hannah, you or- a little bothered last week. But. It does, yeah. Because right when I started getting all confident, I'm like, yes, these <laughs> emails are great. And then we get that one, and I, you know, put my tail between my legs. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's still a good in. email overall. Yeah. All right. So this one comes to us from Kat. So wait a minute. Is it, this lady ain't racist, is she? <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm teasing. Sorry. <laughs> I think she's an actual cat. Like, she's a cat? Going, oh, my God. Meow. Meow. How funny would that be if the whole thing that was meow, 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 meow. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Okay, so Kat says, absolutely love your podcast. It's nice. always cool to know there are other Brady geeks out there. Would you guys maybe do an episode of your podcast on the movie Brady Girls Get Married? Yeah, season six, we're, we're probably going to do it, yeah. Yep, for sure. Um, there's a very pretty Christmas I think we're going to do, too. Um, we're probably going to... I know we've never talked about this before, but I assume we're going to... Are we going to break these up into, like, like part one, part two, part three? Probably, what like, I had three assumed, or four parts. Yeah, because what I assumed, I think there was only, like, three or four Brady Bunch movies after, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then there were two parody... Well, there's actually three parody movies, but the third one sucks. We're going to pretend like that one doesn't exist. Um, so I had assumed that we were going to break it up into 24 minute segments of the movies because yeah. the episodes of the Brady bunch are 24 minutes and then that wouldn't ruin yeah. the, the how much time it takes me and you to do the synopsis. Yeah. Or the length of the episode and stuff like right. that. So otherwise <laughs> if we didn't listen to like a six hour episode, <laughs> welcome to the eight hour marathon episode. <laughs> right. But no, I had assumed that we were going to break it up in the 24 minute segments. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page yeah. as per usual. Yeah. What I don't want to do is summarize the movies so that it takes the same amount of time. 
You know what I mean? Because right. I, I think the movies deserve the same attention that the episodes do. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can do this is by splitting it up. Yeah, I concur. Sure. All right. Well, Kat, I hope that answers your question. Anybody else also thinking that too? Um, so we appreciate hearing from you. That's awesome. We love it. Mm-hmm. And I also have a review to read as well. Oh, nice. This comes to us from Christopher, which we heard from Christopher recently. Um, he was kind enough to do his homework and also do very a nice review, Christopher. A rate in a review. So Christopher, you you get an A. And if I if you were here, I'd give you a sticker, man. I hundred mm-hmm. percent no homo, but I'd give you a sticker. <laughs> so his five star review. Um, nice. The subject says it's just so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes on. Chris goes on and says, but so hilarious. (laughs) I've only recently discovered this podcast and I can't stop listening. Mixing adult humor with America's most innocent family keeps me in stitches. Boom. That's awesome. Good. Uh, A 12 year old sense of humor. It's a terrible thing to waste. That's right. So Chris, like you're doing your homework, you're paying attention. You're killing it. Hell yeah. So. He just may be teacher's pet. I'm just saying. I think he should be. Hmm. So we appreciate that. That's awesome. Definitely. Um, and I'm hoping that everybody's uh, enjoying their their t-shirts. Yeah, we but did. The, a, yeah. We had a sound like hotcakes, man. We're yeah, sales and sales and sales. And again, like you don't have to, obviously, but feel free to either post a picture of it and tag us, or send us a picture and tag. If you want to cut off your head. Because you know you don't want your face to be seen. We understand it. We get it. But mm-hmm. even if even if you want to send us a picture of you wearing it, and we've had people send us pictures and be like, "If you don't mind, I'd rather you not post this." That's cool. Mm-hmm. We just want to see it. We just want to see what you look like, and you know how our shirts look out, and you know in mm-hmm. in the wild and stuff. So, uh, so kudos. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's right. So send nudes. I mean, send pictures of you wearing the shirt. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so, uh, you know, Chris and uh, Kat, you know, we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. Hell no. We would also personally like to thank our producers from Patreon, because without you, this wouldn't be possible. And, of course, we're talking to Jenny and Jim, but we're also talking to all of the rest of you, uh, mm-hmm. people like Pepe, and and I can't remember all of them because there's a lot of them. <laughs> Tech looks at the names more than I do. Um <laughs> But all of you guys on Patreon, I know we recognize Jenny and Jim every week, but sincerely, all of you guys on Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, we genuinely do enjoy it. Or not enjoy it, but we do appreciate it. <laughs> we enjoy it, but we also appreciate it. And yeah. uh, thank you. And Because without you guys, you know, I mean, it's one thing to have Patreon subscribers to have, you know, because the show's not free to have money coming in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing, like, we're just two guys that like making fun of Brady Bunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> so to have people like sign up for Patreon to follow it, that's just, that's mind blowing. That so is awesome. We do appreciate it. Thank you. For sure. And we're going to start calling out the rest of you uh, producers as well. We, we give Jimmy and not Jimmy. I keep, I'm pulling a Jimmy now, Jimmy and Jen, Jenny and Jim, a little break maybe next week. And we'll call out like Pepe more or yeah. <clears throat> some of the other producers that we're Exactly. Yeah. You know, just going to give you a little uh, spotlight as well. And I know one of the other producers, uh, somebody else, one of the producers also got some merch sent out to them. I'm not sure who it was. It doesn't tell me. It just says one of your patrons is getting merch. Nice, good. So good. send a picture in or whatever it is Again, you got. Yeah. And you guys always have the opportunity to say, I'd rather you not show that, show my face or use this mm-hmm. you know, 
publicly that we 100% agree. We totally get that. But we'd still like to see who you are and what you got and everything. So, you know, feel free to share. You know, we don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. And also, uh, don't forget, too, that member of Very Brady Podcast is not going anywhere. So even if we finish with the Brady Bunch, yes. we still got other shows. All the rest of our episodes for the next 30 years are going to be right here <laughs> on a Very yes. Brady Podcast. Even though we may not be doing the Brady Bunch, we could be doing some other show, but it's still going to be the Brady Bar, Very Brady Podcast. So don't be afraid to sign up for Patreon thinking, well, they're going to be done in like six months. Nah, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. So don't be afraid. But also having said that, you know, if we, let's say our next show ends up being, oh, I, I don't know. know the life and times of John Smith or whatever. Um, <laughs> and if you're like, ah, I'm not really a life and times of John Smith kind of fan, no hard feelings. If you decide to, you know, back out of being a Patreon subscriber, we 100% understand it's your choice. Obviously no hard feelings. You're still a friend of the show. You supported us for this long. Don't feel like sure. you're obligated. Um, but also but come back, to, check back in with us because yes. we, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. well, we can be done with the life and times of John Smith and then move <laughs> on to, you know, uh, feeling hearty with Ralph, you know, or whatever yeah. the next show is. But <laughs> so. also me and Tech thought about it, And really for me personally, the driving factor of keeping the show, you know, and not making a bunch of separate shows is there's a big push right now with um, Paramount and, and, um, um, Peacock for bringing back old shows, you know, stuff like Save by the Bell, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to try to either reboot the Brady Bunch or try to bring it back in a, like a reimagining is what Peacock likes to use, the term they like to use. Mm-hmm. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for it to have like to bring back like Greg's family or Peter's family or whatever and have like, you know, Aunt Marsha come visit and stuff. So if any of that was to happen, having it all on one channel makes it convenient for us to revisit stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or this way, if let's say something happens to Barry Williams or something happens to Christopher Knight or whatever, we can bring it back and say, Oh, in other news, I know we're doing this show, but going back to the Brave Bunch real quick, you know, Barry Williams, you know, whatever. So that was another driving factor of this. That way it's all in one spot. We can talk about anything we want to involving any of the shows we've covered and it still makes sense. So indeed, indeed, there, all that out of the way. So some homework assignments. Mm-hmm. First, check out the website at www.averybradypodcast.com. Do a rate and review like Christopher did on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Castbox. Tell two friends about the show, or if you don't have two friends, um, you do with me and Tack. Aww. Um, and if you have nobody to tell, then you can write it on your notebook you know, that you carry to school or work and people will see it and they'll listen. Mm-hmm. You can even write like as a suggestion, a very Brady podcast and the number four and then Eva, or you could write a very Brady podcast, but you have to write the abbreviation, right? Mm-hmm. A-V-B-P. And then write R U L Z. And then people come up and ask, what's that mean? And then you can explain. And now you have a friend. Now you just have to find one more. <laughs> Boom. You can send an email to the show like Kat did and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very ready podcast at gmail.com. And join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun at a very pretty Facebook group. And we get in some funny conversations. Like, I don't know if you follow mm-hmm. the, well, obviously tech, you follow the Facebook group and the, 
um, mm-hmm. the page, but we get into some really interesting conversations because there's yeah. every week after we drop there, there's usually one or two people that'll post. I didn't even realize this, or I didn't even realize that. So if you go on there and log in, it, it, we, we have some pretty entertaining points of view that pop up and stuff. It's pretty neat. Yeah. People post shit and post funny stuff, memes, whatever. It's a good time. Yeah. Good time. And if you'd like to be a producer, like we've already talked about, check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. Like if we're going to be late releasing an episode, that's where you're going to find out. Go check out the retro network.com. That's our, our parent uh, uh, podcast group. Mm-hmm. Check out our T public store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. And don't forget our new shirt box. It like a boss created by Jill. It's in there and sound like hotcakes, Better hurry. Maybe by the end of the season, maybe mm-hmm. we'll revisit that and, and think about doing another contest. Hmm. Indeed. Maybe just dropping that little nugget, just dropping. Just <laughs> see what people think. Yeah. Um, send in some audio clips of some upcoming episodes. We do have an upcoming episode that, mm-hmm. um, we had somebody send in audio clips. Yeah, Jill herself, that, that she not only designs shirts, but she also contributes to the podcast. How cool is Jill? So yeah. Jill's awesome. So that episode's coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. that's another uh, um, teacher's pet, along with Chris. She does her She's homework. just a creator. She can't help it. She creates things. Mm-hmm. She creates happiness as well as shirts and podcast segments. <laughs> um, but more importantly, go watch The Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Go watch the Brady Bunch. Like, why? Why would you not want to go watch the Brady Bunch? It's on Hulu. It's on Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. So, why would you not want to watch it? So, mm. and you might be thinking, well, gee, I could go start it and watch it, but they put out like you know a hundred something episodes, Jimmy. Where do I start? Well, Tech is going to tell you we can start. Take it away, Tech. Um, thank you, Jimmy. Um, on the next episode, check out season five, episode ten, entitled "Try, Try Again." So, <clears throat> buckle in, it's a Jan episode. Okay. Jan thinks she has no talent after not being chosen for a ballet recital. Okay. So, the family tries to make her feel better and help her find a skill. Nice. Hmm. Apparently, she's a mean ice cream maker. Mm-hmm. She got <laughs> skills. She got mad she skills. She mop that floor. Mm-hmm. So, unless you have anything else... I do not. Nope. Okay. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.